This podcast is sponsored by Primal Kitchen Restaurants, providers of fast, casual dining experiences where taste and the freshest ingredients always come first. To learn more about franchise opportunities, visit PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. This podcast is also brought to you by DNA Fit, providers of state-of-the-art genetic testing. Their services build a roadmap for your individualized health, fitness, and lifestyle goals by testing the genetic markers that make you unique. Go to dnafit.com and enter the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT at checkout for a whopping 30% off your own personal genetic test. The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sisson and is narrated by Brock Armstrong. The best kind of health insurance. I'm not interested in talking about Supreme Court decisions, the Affordable Health Care Act, or for-profit versus non-profit business models. No, today I have something else in mind. It's a perspective on health insurance that gets almost no attention at all, despite the high costs and even higher stakes. Let's look at an actual definition first. This one's from Wikipedia. Quote, Health insurance is insurance against the risk of incurring medical expenses among individuals. End quote. And can those darn expenses ever get expensive? Just as budget experts and lifestyle minimalists advise that the best price is no price when that is an option, I'd argue the same principle applies here. The cheapest health bill is no bill. And what if our daily choices could help make this possible? Let me back up and say that I'm not arguing anyone should skip purchasing health insurance, especially these days, or that even the most fervently perfect primal lifestyle will ward off any and all mishaps, accidents, or illnesses for which you will thank your stars that you have medical insurance. It exists for a number of legitimate reasons, after all. Now that said, I think we've lost some perspective along the way, including the get-go assuming that we need to be dependent on our health plans because we'll inevitably end up beset with many of the conditions we've come to deem as normal parts of life. <laughs> it's accepting the unacceptable, if you ask me. Let's just consider how expensive it is to be sick. Take, for instance, the fact that 70% of us in the USA take at least one pharmaceutical drug. Over 50% take two, and approximately 20% take five or more. The estimated annual treatment cost of a person who's been diagnosed with diabetes is $10,970. Some estimates actually put it at $13,700, which is 2.3 times higher than those who don't have the condition. Those who have it but haven't been diagnosed tend to rack up an estimated average bill of $4,030. Even if insurance pays for a good hunk of this expense, you're looking at a thousand or a few thousand dollars out of pocket. I personally can think of more fun ways to use that money. And run-of-the-mill obesity? That's how we've come to think of it these days. Well, one study pins the average added medical cost at $2,741 than that typically incurred by a healthy weight person. The fact is, obesity doesn't just increase the risk of common lifestyle diseases like diabetes, but can also increase expenses related to surgery, as well as basic care and prescriptions. 
In the grand scheme, I may not be able to prevent every bad thing from happening to my body. I don't have full influence over what toxins are present in my environment. I can't go back in time and undo some of those things I subjected my body to for years or decades. I cannot with utter certainty predict, let alone steer, every genetic misfire. And then there are those knee injuries. But it's flat out stunning what I can influence. Let's have a reality check here. Even by conservative American Cancer Society estimates, one-third of all cancers are caused by poor diet, sedentary lifestyle, or obesity. In terms of activity levels and cancer risk, research routinely supports physical fitness as a protective factor against many kinds of cancer. One study of 2,560 men over the course of 17 years showed that those who engage in intensive level exercise, like running, for 30 minutes a day had half the rate of cancer-related mortality. The choice to meditate, it appears, can also lower the risk for heart attack, stroke, and death by 48%. On the flip side, let's look at something like sleep. The cost of sleep deprivation, in some cases even getting a regular 6-7 to seven hours a night rather than 8 hours, raises my risk of coronary artery calcification, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. I could go on, and I have in other podcasts, but the key point is this. How thoroughly married are we in this society to the idea of dependence on our health insurance, as if our insurance is our source of health? How much have we come to believe that our insurance is what will take care of us? I'd argue that insurance is most appropriately and accurately a tool we can use to maintain financial stability in the face of unknown and unpreventable events. It can be a means of accessing treatments and services, or negotiating lower costs that we wouldn't otherwise have access to when circumstances necessitate. So. What is more accurately our source, then, for maintaining and protecting our health as anyone can, for staving off the kinds of medical conditions and events that will cost us our physical vitality and our long-term financial security? Well, this angle brings up some provocative questions. What if we could begin to see our workout time as health insurance? How about healthy food choices, like a side of grass-fed beef or a farm share of fresh veggies? What about wise supplementation and an extra 10 minutes in the morning routine to make some eggs? How about hiking boots and climbing equipment when actually used? How about thinking of whatever helps us sleep well as health insurance? From a warm bath at night to a decent mattress, to light blocking curtains, to the perspective that nudges us to wind down with an evening walk when others are settling in for a few hours of prime time viewing. And as long as we're redefining health insurance, how about we throw in the self-discipline that keeps us from justifying stopping at a drive through over lunch hour? What about the self-care commitment that keeps us from over-committing and burning ourselves out? And the vacations, the staycations, the personal retreats, and other time off that's well spent. How about the personal research and skeptical, if not unconventional, thinking that allows us to make the best choices, albeit not always the most popular ones, for our well-being? Can we envision these practices, and the commitment behind them, as the real foundation of our health care and preservation, 
And can we then see the consistent maintenance of good health as a primary safeguard against the burden of significant medical outlay? Talk about a different level of accountability. It begs the question, what did you do to protect your health today? Thanks for listening, everyone. Let me know your thoughts on this issue over at MarksDailyApple.com. Are you someone who appreciates a fast, casual dining experience? Is it important that the taste of your food and the freshness of the ingredients take center stage? Well, bringing that experience to a table near you is the mission of the hottest new franchise concept in North America, Primal Kitchen Restaurants. If you want to learn more about this one-of-a-kind franchising opportunity, go to PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. That's PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com.